2: Good afternoon, welcome to Cast Club Radio, a very special St. Patrick's Day episode of Cast Club Radio. My name is Lydia Cruz.
3: I'm Justin Stiefel
2: and I'm Maura Dooley. Happy St. Patrick's Day you guys.
3: It's going to be a good day and as as always our friends the Irish pop out on this day and my wife has a tradition with our kids since they were very little where before they get up in the morning she will put green food coloring in the toilet water in all the towels (laughs) and we will turn the furniture in our living room upside down and then when the kids show up we blame it on the leprechauns.
2: Oh that's great. That's fun. I've never heard of that. Yeah, before. did she just start that? Originate that? Is that a Jennifer Stiefel original?
3: I don't know. I don't know where she got that idea, but she started when our our oldest son was uh, two years old, and ever since then they <laughs> they look forward <laughs> to that day.
2: That's genius. <laughs> Mora, do you have any particular celebrations? I know you were telling me that you're particularly fond of the food on St. Patrick's Day.
4: Yeah, my dad's 100% Irish, so we always do the corned beef and cabbage, and it's one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. A little vinegar on the cabbage. I don't know if that's weird for most people, but no, oh, I like it. I love it.
2: Well, <laughs> as With or
3: without mustard? With mustard. With mustard, of yeah. course.
2: <laughs> well, later in this hour, we'll keep the celebration going, talking to Matt Boyle of the Butte Foundation. Have you ever wondered what 30,000 people like are in one space celebrating St. Patrick's Day? He'll tell us about it. Also ahead in this hour, we'll talk about some of the more interesting, maybe unknown facts about St. Patrick's Day. It's all ahead in this hour, but first, what's going on in the industry?
3: Well, this week we've got quite a few interesting articles that popped up. Uh, One of them has to do with our friends at Coca-Cola. I don't know if you recall, a few months ago, we talked about an article where some of the analysts on Wall Street were asking whether or not Coke might begin to jump into the alcohol business. Coke's been around for 130 years, and uh, lo and behold, this week uh, they made an announcement that they are now... In fact, launching their first alcoholic drink. And they're experimenting with a popular type of Japanese alkapop known as Chuhi. chuhi. And uh, it's going to have some distilled shochu in it, which is a uh, rice based uh, or grain based uh, distilled spirit. We talked about that uh, also last month on Casco Radio. And they're going to flavor that with carbonated water to make this prepackaged uh, alcohol drink for the first time in 130 years.
4: Wow are you expecting it to be available just at the liquor store or
3: uh in japan they sell alcohol and spirits all over the place and they've got thousands and thousands of stores lots of corner markets so uh, this is going to be uh driven there but as always they will start with bars and then coke talked about how they may be able to sell it in vending machines
4: oh wow are we expecting it to make its way out here eventually
3: uh typically we find that these kind of products that are driven towards an Asian market will begin in places like Vancouver, Canada, such a huge Japanese population. Uh, Seattle has a Large Japanese population and San Francisco has a large Japanese population. So if we see those pop up in the U.S. first, we would expect to see them in those three cities.
2: Alcopop, huh? Never. I've yeah. never heard that before.
3: Yeah, it's a new category, and they talk in the article about how fast the alcohol category is growing, and it's growing partly because um, it's just the, the nature of the economies in these Asian markets, but also at the same time, Coke is seeing a huge drop off, and all the all the soda manufacturers are seeing a huge drop off and the number of people who are consuming regular soda pop. So they flip it by moving from soda pop into alcohol.
2: And another example of expanding to your market, expanding to your audience.
3: That's right. Expand to to where the audience is. Don't try and drag them to where you are. Mm
2: -hmm. What else is going Uh, on in the news this week?
3: Well... We've determined that America has a billion-dollar drunk shopping problem. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this comes from our friends at MarketWatch, and it says Americans spend an average of $448 per person in drunk purchases last year. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Per purchase. Yeah.
2: Don't drink and shop, you guys.
3: (laughs) It says nearly half of American adults admit to regularly shopping while drunk. The average time... The average dollar amount spent per transaction was $448. Uh, men are more responsible than women for shopping while drunk. Uh, <laughs> they spend $564 men do compared to 282 for women.
2: We're downright responsible compared <laughs> to the men out there.
3: That's right. And Generation X spent the most on drunk purchases averaging $738 last year. <laughs> per transaction when they were intoxicated. And uh, that's more than triple the amount that what millennials spent, which is kind of what we're seeing overall. We're seeing in the industry that millennials are pretty thrifty and they're focused. And uh, I saw one statistic that said something like 20% of millennials now have $100,000 cash saved for a down payment for a home, which is a, that's a significant number when you average it across the U.S.
2: And I would just like to say, maybe that's the first positive reference I've heard to millennials. I usually think... I hear that we're ruining everything. What are millennials ruining lately is usually. Well, they're
3: ruining, <laughs> <laughs> evidently, they're ruining the drunk shopping market. Yeah. Not yeah.
4: I love some of these. One of the stories in here says that someone told MarketWatch that she spent more than $300 on Christmas decorations, including 500 candy canes. And she said, I had those candy canes for two years. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's an interesting drunk purchase. And she went to that. What are people mostly buying when they go to do their drunk purchases? Well, it's a lot
3: of stuff you'd expect to find online, not in the store. So, thankfully, these people when they do the drunk shopping, it's it is in the privacy of their own home, and. Uh It is uh, mostly on electronics and random stuff, like the candy canes, but also (laughs) a video producer in New York bought her cat a a mini police officer costume one night. Oh,
0: of course.
3: And she said it was the best thing she ever bought. (laughs) Now,
0: question becomes,
3: did she put it on the cat and then make a YouTube video? I don't know. We need to mm -hmm. search for that.
2: Maybe it... Paid for itself later.
3: That's right. Um, And, of course, there's probably some unknown number of uh, strange workout equipment that these people are purchasing in the middle of the night at home while they're drunk that never get taken out of the box and never get used and never get put to work burning calories.
2: (laughs) I, I was, love it. Yeah, I was saying I I I am not a victim of this or I'm not a perpetrator of this, but I do have a good friend, a guy friend, who's part of this, you know, 564 average who every time I come over to his house, he has something new. He has a new toy or a new something that he never needs and never uses, like a Roomba or a five-pound bag of gummy bears because he's been drunk shopping on Amazon. So congrats. He's keeping uh, Amazon business going.
3: That's good. That's good.
2: Well, coming up on Cast Club Radio... Some of the most interesting facts about St. Patrick's Day, including a gift that gets given to the president and then immediately destroyed. We'll tell you what that is. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cat Club Radio, and happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you out there. Hope you're. Having fun, wearing green, and celebrating being safe, of course, as well. Speaking of which, we were able to dig up some pretty fun facts about St. Patrick's Day. Some that I had no clue of. But let's start off with an easy one. Okay, what percentage do you think of the American public is out to celebrate St. Patrick's Day today?
3: One hundred percent. Everybody has little Irish in them, on St. Patrick's Day. You
2: would think so, right? Well, according to this, fifty-six point one percent of Americans plan to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. You think it would be more? I would think it would be more.
4: I would have guessed a little higher.
3: I think it's 100%. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> think some of these people admit to the fact that they uh, want to celebrate St. Patrick's Day.
2: I would agree with you. Maybe they're just worried that, you know, by answering, they seem irresponsible, but it's okay. It, we'll especially
3: get- especially because it comes in the middle of Lent, okay? And so if these people Ooh. have given up drinking for Lent, they don't want to admit that they celebrate it. That
2: is a very good theory, Justin. Yeah. How about cash-wise, how much would you say you think gets spent in total? on St. Patrick's Day?
3: Per person or total?
2: Total. Like in America, money-wise, we're be. talking alcohol, costumes, anything uh, it's green. Gotta be,
3: it's got to be a couple of billion easily.
2: Absolutely. It would be $5.3 billion. Wow. Oh, there you go. And I'm guessing- and most of
3: that is spent on Guinness. <laughs> yes. Well, in fact, when uh, talking about Guinness, uh, we found that this year, 13 million pints of Guinness will be consumed worldwide on St. Patrick's Day.
2: Do you guys, are you traditionalists? Do you go? Do, do you just drink Guinness on on St. Patrick's Day? Irish whiskey and Guinness. Is is there? just stick to those. We line,
3: up, uh, we line up what are called the Irish car bombs, mm-hmm. which is uh, the, sh- the pint of Guinness and then uh, the shot of Jameson with a little bit of Bailey's Irish cream all dropped in and then consumed.
2: Uh, so Mora was yeah. a bartender. I'm curious, Mora, did you, A, have you worked on St. Patrick's Day in the past and B, how many Irish car bombs did you make?
4: Oh goodness. Uh, yes, we actually were located right next to an Irish pub that was really popular in Colorado. So we got busy just from the overflow because there would be a line <laughs> down the street all night. And we had to order so much extra Guinness. Uh, yeah, make sure we... And, you know, with the bombs, everybody wants to do them the proper way. So you have to make sure you have all the little shot glasses to drop in the glasses glass. Mm-hmm. And it's constantly rewashing everything because you're running out of glassware. It's definitely a, a,
2: an intense night for a bartender. But hopefully one where you left with a lot of tips. Yes.
3: Good. So, Samara, so when watching customers consume the Irish car bomb, have you ever seen them chip their teeth because the glass slides down to hit them?
4: I haven't, but I've heard horror
3: stories. Oh my gosh.
2: No. <laughs> like Painful. are, are Painful some? if
3: you don't do it right.
2: Do some bars just avoid using glassware at this point, I would think? Maybe because if they if they can, if there's plastic substitutes for these? I guess you can't really drop it properly with... I don't know about the... Yeah, with the car bombs, yeah. you can't.
4: I don't think... I know for Jaeger bombs, it, it got to a certain point where we were trying to just mix it all together and hand it off to people, but some people would complain. Nope,
2: they're traditionalists. They can't do it. Okay. This is a crazy... I did not know about this, but every year, the U.S. president receives from Ireland a huge crystal bowl of shamrocks, and then it is promptly destroyed by U.S. Secret Service.
4: Yeah, apparently anything uh, plant or food base brought into the White House has to go through Secret Service protocol, and Ugh. they they deem that something that needs to be destroyed.
2: That just seems unfair. How would you Especially feel? Especially in
3: this White House, which is so anti-marijuana, you know, they may think that they're trying to oh, steal no. right in the shamrock <laughs> bush.
2: How do you feel if you're Ireland and your your gift immediately gets promptly destroyed by the person you gave it to? Well, the
4: crystal bowl gets saved, I guess. There you I, go. I think I read something that Ronald Reagan put jelly
2: beans in his... Nice. All right. So 50% (laughs) of it gets saved. That's good.
3: You can use it for a big rum punch for the party.
2: (laughs) Exactly. That's for sure.
3: My favorite here is that uh, our friends in Chicago, they have a great Irish population there. They uh, drop 45 pounds of vegetable-based green dye into the Chicago River to turn it green. And how long does that last? How long is the the river green through downtown Chicago?
2: I think that would last a full day. Yeah. 12 hours?
3: No, only five hours. Oh, oh my gosh. It's
2: shocking. fleeting. You gotta get you yeah. gotta make sure you catch that. And they've been doing this tradition for years and years and years, right?
3: Oh yeah. Decades, yeah. I
2: yeah. wonder if it has always been a vegetable based dye or if they have uh, it's been, you know, more eco friendly in the later <laughs> years.
3: Probably not. My guess is it was probably all the uh, radioactive waste coming from the Midwest. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> till they got till they got wise. So a question for both of you, do you wear green on Saint Patrick's Day?
2: Yes, I I generally will. Why not? I I don't have tons of green in my wardrobe, so I do have to go a little bit out of my way. But yeah, I get into the spirit.
4: I've forgotten to before and had the people try to pinch me or tell me that I'm in trouble. And I'm like, I'm I'm like 90% Irish. I don't have to wear green. You get a free pass.
2: (laughs) How about you, Justin? It sounds like it's a big tradition in your household. I'm sure Jennifer wears, okay.
3: Yeah, my my grandmother's maiden name was O'Neill. And uh, so our Irish roots, we're we're the only Irish family to not have a claim to Ireland. We got kicked out of Ireland in in the early early part of the... uh, the Dark Ages. Kicked and out. Emigrate to Spain. Yeah. So anytime you go to Ireland and you introduce yourself as a you know, part of the O'Neill clan, they always stop and do the sign of the cross and, and apologize. For <gasps> <kicking laughs> the family
2: out. Okay. We need more yeah. background on yeah. that.
3: It's a long story. We'll have story. to do a whole
2: other <laughs> episode of that because I definitely <laughs> want to hear that. Well, St. Patrick's Day, I don't know if this will shock you or not, but it comes in fourth among the best or most popular drinking holidays in America. What do you think comes before it? Some of the obvious ones.
3: Uh, Let's well, think New Year's Eve would for sure. Yep, oh, it's yeah, that's up there. You know. I think in most households in America, it's got to be Mother's Day. <laughs>
2: oh my gosh. <laughs> no, sadly, Mother's Day, not on this, it might be fifth on the list, but you've got your okay. Christmas is up there. And then of course, July the 4th.
4: July 4th, yeah. July 4th. Christmas is up there over St. Patrick's Day.
2: I think, yeah. I don't know that Christmas families you've got a lot of people reuniting with their family and we've talked about it sometimes it doesn't go well for other people so sometimes you need a few drinks to get through it that
4: was another bartending experience i had i actually had to work on christmas a couple years i spent my pre-christmas with my family and then went to work i would have loved to have just stayed and hung out with my family but there was a lot of people that were like oh thank god you're open i had to spend all day with my family
2: (laughs) you're saving us (laughs) mora
3: I think that since they changed the college football playoff schedule, it's the dearth of college football that has led to more consumption on, on Christmas Day.
2: Yeah, plus you've got the NBA's huge on Christmas. So, yeah, you've yeah. got plenty of sports to watch, and it's an eventful thing. Coming up on Cast Club Radio, we chat with Matt Boyle of the Butte Foundation. He's responsible for St. Patrick's Day parade that usually draws about 30,000 people. He knows how to put on a good St. Patrick's Day party. We'll talk to him next on Cast Club Radio welcome back to cast club radio right now we're joined by matt boyle parade director of the butte america foundation saint patrick's day parade it's a pretty exciting day for you guys This is the second year you've been doing this parade. Can you tell us a little bit about how it got
1: started? Uh, Yeah, basically, Youth Celebrations, who is the organization that used to do the parade uh, for about five or six years. A couple years ago, you know, they had basically said that they were, they didn't have enough manpower. And the organization itself, the members were getting pretty old in age. And so uh, they were ready to step down from it and didn't really want to do the parade anymore. And so they were looking for somebody new, to, to take it over and kind of spearhead it. And so that's kind of when myself and uh, the organization that I'm involved with, the Butte America Foundation, we kind of uh, stepped up to the plate because we've got a lot of volunteers within our group who help us do a lot of projects throughout the community and uh, yeah, we just figured that we were uh, a good team to do it because we've got so many volunteers and I've got a lot of experience in event planning and concert production. So I figured I should add a parade to my repertoire and, and see if I could do it. so Why it's, not? Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been fun to to pick up. And it's one of those things that, you know, the, the first St. Patrick's Day Parade in Butte was in 1886 i believe oh my gosh. um so it's it's a long long tradition um for our town it's just one of those things that i would hate to see go away and so i was i was more than happy to to kind of take the reins over and, and see what we could do and, and put our spin on things
2: what is it about butte montana and its rich history that makes it the perfect place to have this saint patrick's day celebration
1: Well, Butte is the most Irish uh, city in America per capita. So, I mean, that right there alone is is enough reason to to come over from Ireland (laughs) itself and celebrate our St. Patrick's Day. But, yeah, the people here... You know, we've always we've always had a very, very big celebration because of such a, a big Catholic community and, and all the connections of beautiful people that, that reach out in throughout the US and throughout the world and um, you know, having having no open container law helps as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that way you can bring your drink on the street and be merry no matter where you go throughout the weekend and just kinda it's one of those rare places like, like New Orleans and Vegas that, you know, when you arrive you don't really understand what you're getting into until you start start walking around the community and start talking to people and and seeing how jolly and happy everybody is and the, the revelry that takes place and the excitement and it's, it's it's just a lot of fun and yeah there's there's no better place than, than Beaver, America to celebrate St. Patrick's Day.
2: And
4: Matt, how many visitors do you typically get?
1: Well, this is only our second year. Um, last year, I was told there was about an estimated fifteen thousand people for the parade. Um, so this year, you know, we're expecting you know, 20,000, if not more. Wow. Um, it's kind of tough, uh, kind of tough for us to judge at times, especially for myself, just because I'm running around during the parade trying to uh, get all the floats lined up and stuff. But yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be, you know, at least 20,000 people again or so.
2: And that is coming from a town who, the population of Butte, Montana is not that much bigger than that, right?
1: No, yeah, we're sitting right around 30,000 or so here in the city. And, you know, we kind of did a a little Facebook poll to, to see where people are coming from. And they're coming from all over the U.S. So, you know, we, we get not only a great local crowd, but there's there's a ton of people who flock in from, from outside of the state and outside of the country even. So it's it's, it's it's well known, that's for sure.
2: Now, some of the things that you have, the celebrations, the things you guys do are pretty unique and pretty interesting. Can you tell us about Irish hurling?
1: <laughs> Irish hurling? Um I can only tell you so much. I, uh, you know, I only know so much on the sport. I've never, I've never tried hurling myself, uh, <laughs> but I do know the the Thomas Marr Hurling Club, which is out of Missoula. They're uh, out of the University of Montana. They are going to be uh, hosting uh, a hurling match here in Butte on St. Patrick's Day, um, and it's going to be the first hurling match. Uh, taking place in Butte in over 100 years. Wow. Uh so it's a pretty big deal there. And uh yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like lacrosse um in terms of the way it's played, you know, you got a big stick and and um you got a ball and you're trying to smack it around. I I'm not too familiar <laughs> with the rules myself. It's okay, but, we won't quiz you. Uh, what's that?
2: That's okay, we won't quiz you. We don't we don't know um, either. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> But, but yeah, I know I know it's still it's still played in in very limited parts of the u s and and parts of Europe. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have a hurling match here on St. Patrick's Day. so
2: What other unique parts of um, what other unique things are you guys doing to celebrate or parts of the parade that people might not be able to see anywhere else?
1: Uh, Well, we are going to have a music stage set up for the Friday night before the parade and immediately after the parade. We provide um, eight bands over the two days, as well as various food vendors and arts and crafts vendors who will be just, just right off the parade route. And then along with that, there are some various events that will take place around town. There's the Friendly Sons of St. Patrick's Dinner. There is uh, the Tiernan Irish Dancers do an event at the Civic Center that same St. Patrick's Day. And then there is also, there's various uh, games around town at all the bars, and of course, lots of live music all over. And a trip to Kavanaugh's County Celtic is is always needed on St. Patrick's Mm -hmm. Day in Butte, which is a, a nice little local Irish store that has every kind of clothing or trinkets you can imagine that's green and yeah, there's uh, there, there's all sorts of things. You can go to Corey um, Brewery and get green beer. Yeah,
2: Maura here is her dad is 100% Irish, so she's a huge fan of corned beef and cabbage on St. Patrick's Day. Is oh, there? Oh yeah,
1: how did <laughs> I forget?
2: Yeah, <laughs> is that one of the many things that people can eat?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, there will be plenty of corned beef and cabbage at uh, a lot of local businesses around town. Um, and there's also, on the Friday before St. Patrick's Day, is St. Erho's Day. I'm not too sure familiar, how familiar you are with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but St. Erho's Day is the Finnish holiday uh, that was that was made up by the Finns to kind of, um, what would the word be, to kind of, uh, you know, for, for their representation of their own holiday yeah, to kind of get back to at, the, Day. Uh, yeah. at the Irish. Yeah. And so... Uh, <laughs> There's a there'll be a Saint Urho's celebration in Butte on the Friday down at the East Side Athletic Club, um, and they'll do the crowning of Saint Urho and uh, and have him going around to all the bars and and things like that.
2: Oh, that's pretty neat. See, you learn something new every day.
1: Yeah, yeah, good old Saint Urho, you know. There Saint Urho one? wears purple. And St. Patrick wears green, so oh, okay. you want to make sure that on uh, St. Patrick's Day you're not caught wearing any purple or
4: orange. Mm. <laughs> Are there
2: any special food or drinks attached to St. Urho's Day?
1: That I'm too familiar with.
2: Just any, but alcoholic beverages you're still allowed to drink, right? They're still t- attached to it somehow?
1: Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you can, uh, you know, there's no open container law 24-7, 365, so... Oh, yeah, wow. you can uh, can have shenanigans all day.
2: <laughs> pretty
4: impressive. Well, we usually ask everyone when they come on the show if they were throwing, like, a cocktail party and we came, what are we drinking? But we'll ask you if, if, we, came to oh, the, man. if we came to the parade and we're if, hanging if out. You,
1: if you came to drinking? my cocktail party on St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> yeah. we're drinking a lot of Jameson.
4: Oh, that's and,
1: perfect. Uh, yeah, no no mixers, you know, just Jameson straight shot in a bean.
2: Oh, all right, classic. <laughs> Don't mess with the good thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I know I know. that's what I'm going to do right after the, the parade is over. I'm going to go buy myself a little bottle of Jameson and enjoy the revelry.
2: Well, you'll deserve it after a hard days of work putting this thing on. Really impressive what you've been able to do in just two years. Now, if people want to learn more about the Butte America Foundation and all the good work that they're doing, how can they find out more information?
1: The best way to find out more information is to go to our website, butteamericafoundation.org. Um, We've also got a Facebook page. Uh, We're also on Instagram and Twitter. Um, And so you can just, you know, find those under uh, KBMS or BAMP. You know, BAMP is our little acronym for for the foundation since, uh, you know, it stands for Beauty American Foundation, but we're all so badass. Um, (laughs) You know, you get the idea.
2: I like it.
1: (laughs) Well, Matt.
2: Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us today. Tell us about this great event. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day. We really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you. Likewise.
2: Up next on Cast Club Radio, we talk about a color trend that's made its way into the
4: cocktail scene. And St. Patrick's Day isn't just about Guinness and car bombs. We have some new St. Patrick's Day recipes for you next on Cast Club Radio.
2: Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Happy St. Patrick's Day out there to everyone. Now, while you may be wearing green today and getting in the spirit, there's another color out there that we have to discuss. Millennial pink, yes.
3: Yeah, this this, this is an interesting uh, color phenomenon. So this has started off in a big way among millennials with rosé, rosé all day. <laughs> and uh, that was wine. And then the Boston Beer Company came out with a rosé version of their cider with a, with a uh, pink hue to it. And uh, now you've got pink uh, radicchio, which is that rosy colored uh, kind of small lettuce mm-hmm. that you Very use. Good for you. Uh, that yeah. We use in the endive salads and other uh, some of the handheld snacks and hors d'oeuvres you might have for parties. And it's it's considered a superfood. And then the cocktails, lots of pink gin, pink vodka, pink liqueurs, and the idea of pink is that it shows up really well in cocktails. and becomes the center of attention visually when you see the color pink relative to almost anything else. And uh, so now people are trying to market to that. you're seeing quite a few products come out on the market, especially in the alcohol area, focused on pink to grab the attention of people who are taking lots of pictures.
2: And that would definitely go along with the millennials, right? People who love taking photos of everything, including their food and their drinks. We've talked to some great bloggers on this show in the past who have taken these beautiful photos that Mo- Moore and I have left us all in just awe. And millennial pink would be one of those colors that absolutely pops.
3: It is, and I was watching the iHeart Music Fest awards last night on TV, rerun really mm-hmm. of it, just kind of in the background. And several of the artists were up there, full-on pink outfits, full-on <laughs> head-to-toe dress. Guys wearing pink shirts. So it it is out there among the crowd, and uh, the more you see it, the more it tends to be seen and noticed. And I happen to think that certain shades of pink are very cool, especially in a cocktail. I agree. Uh, they make beautiful yeah. beautiful cocktails.
2: Pantone has even commented on it, which I think is interesting. Of course, they're the people who choose the color of the year. And in 2018, it's ultraviolet. That's the official color of 2018. But they've still commented. Their color trend reports for spring say that they're going to see additional pink lavender showing up as sort of a meta- metamorphosis of millennial pink. So sort of blending the actual color of 2018 with this trend of millennial pink and giving us pink lavender, which I think sounds really pretty. It does.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, we talked uh, around Christmas time last year about the advent calendar box we had. And uh, every year is an official color Pantone that's selected by somebody. And we were made aware that this year's color is ultraviolet. And so we're gearing some of our Christmas stuff already towards that ultraviolet. And this report just solidifies that
0: oh wow
2: that's going to be the christmas cool yeah that's very cool we're getting an exclusive preview a few months in advance yeah well i love
4: this it says that over thirty-one thousand people have shared snaps with the hashtag pink gin i cannot i cannot believe that I'm, i'm just now finding out about this so obviously i'm behind on my millennial news and
2: you know how much i love gin so i need to get on this pink gin trend Speaking of which, and they may not be pink, but we do have some great cocktail recipes this week that go along with our theme of St. Patrick's Day. Justin, what's on the menu this week for cocktail recipes people can make at home if they're planning on celebrating St. Patrick's Day today?
3: Yes, we've got a couple of cocktail recipes. The first we call the sparkling shamrock. And uh, for this, we will use vodka, Sprite, apple juice and lime juice and then get a fresh green apple if you can find one in season. Uh, it's a pretty easy cocktail to make. Over ice, you're going to pour two ounces of vodka, stir it, and then garnish it with the Sprite. Do not shake the Sprite. You're going <laughs> to add one ounce of apple juice, and you're going to add a half ounce of fresh lime juice, uh, preferably with the lime that you have freshly squeezed, and then you can garnish out with apple slice. I would serve that up in a martini glass, and uh, you can do it with or without ice in the glass after you've strained it out. But just do not shake it
4: you don't find apple juice in too many cocktails but that sounds delicious
3: yeah it is the sprite really kind of brings it out the apple juice is a little syrupy and the vodka is thin because it's mostly uh 40 alcohol ethanol so this is a nice well-balanced sweet and effervescent cocktail pretty easy to make
2: delicious
3: second one we call the irish whiskey smash this requires some blended whiskey some fresh mint leaves Um, a lime, and a little bit of simple syrup. And again, if you want to make simple syrup at home, you can. It's equal parts sugar to equal parts water. So one cup of sugar, one cup of water. Cook it in a stove to get all the sugar dissolved. Set it aside, let it cool, and there you're going to have your simple syrup. And that will last as long as you keep it at a direct heat. So for this, we're going to have two ounces of blended whiskey, four to five mint leaves, and you're going to take the mint leaves. uh, You're going to muddle them a little bit in the bottom of the glass. You're going to pour some simple syrup in. Two lime wedges that are thinly sliced, and you're going to muddle those after you've muddled the uh, mint gently. All that goes in the shaker. Add your two ounces of blended whiskey and a small amount of crushed ice. Shake it for about 30 seconds and then pour it into a clean glass. Put a little bit more ice in it and then garnish it with one sprig of fresh mint leaf. Mm quite good. I feel like Uh
2: whiskey. Uh, Last is our
3: Celtic Breeze. This has two ounces of vodka, two ounces of lime juice, one ounce of simple syrup, a little bit of clove soda, and some basil. So the basil is going to give it a very nice, deep, and savory flavor. Take two ounces of vodka, two ounces of fresh lime juice, one ounce of simple syrup, two bay leaves over ice, put it in the shaker, shake it as hard as you can for 30 seconds, and then strain it into a fresh glass and top it off with some club soda, and one basil leaf floating in the cocktail.
0: That
2: sounds really good. I'm mostly a gin girl, but you really sold me on that. It sounds so refreshing.
3: It is. The basil, especially. This time of year, spring is coming, and especially days like last weekend we had where, you know, Friday was uh, almost hitting 70 degrees. These fresh herb and mint-type cocktails really get us in the mood for spring and summer.
2: Well, as always, if you want to check out these cocktail recipes, they're available at HeritageDistilling.com where you can also download episodes of Cast Club Radio, past and present. We want to make sure you're all caught up.
3: Yeah, we're very excited, and uh, this was a great week for us. We officially publicly opened up the stock sale for the company. We did a public uh, announcement of solicitation, and in the first 72 hours, we had people uh, sign up to uh, take more than the minimum uh, which was uh, way faster than what we thought it would be. So oh. uh, we're very excited. And if people are interested in learning more, they can go to heritagedistilling.com slash investors, and there they can get access to all the information.
2: That is so cool. You're basically like the season ticket drive for NHL tickets in Seattle. Just kind of faster than you would have expected.
3: <laughs> Except our team is here already.
2: There you <laughs> go. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, yeah. as always, you can find Cast Club Radio online. Big social media presence as well. We're on Instagram at Cast Club Radio.
3: Also Facebook at Cast Club Radio. We ask you to rate us on iTunes. You can sign up to become a subscriber. And also you can find all past episodes at uh, Cairo FM.
2: Well, that's perfect. I hope you guys have an amazing St. Patrick's Day. That You keep that uh, rumor of the leprechauns sort of creating mischief in your house going on. That's so great.
3: We will. We
0: will. Just got to get some more green dye.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Happy St. Patrick's Day. See you next
0: week. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling, part of Cairo Weekends on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM. Check us
2: out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes.
0: Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling on Cairo Radio 97.3 FM.